Hello, and welcome to Local Matters, a, a show that explores the stories, people, and issues shaping our community. I'm your host, Nicole Fraser, joining you twice a month to dive into the decisions and hot topics emerging from the City of Prince George Council meetings. I will be regularly inviting Mayor Yu and council members to express their thoughts on council decisions and actively participate in decisions about our community. Adding depth to our conversations, subject matter experts will also join us, providing valuable insights into why these local matters should matter to you. Today, I'm joined by James Steidel, who will also be hosting Local Matters every other week. Uh, James, do you want to, I'm sure most of our guests are quite familiar uh, with you on the, on there here, but do you just want to introduce yourself and uh, kind of what you see for, for your weeks on the show? Yeah, that was an awesome segue, Nicole. That was I'm definitely not, I, you, you really raised the bar. I'm going to have to <laughs> uh, spend an hour pre-recording a little intro thing to my show, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be starting next week and, or, uh. Or are you going to start next week? Anyway, we got to we got to figure out the schedule. We got to hash that out. Uh, my my first guest is gonna, definitely going to be uh, Dustin Snyder from the BC Wildlife Federation. That's going to be on the twenty fourth of January, and we're going to talk for the whole hour about uh, the BC Wildlife Federation, the Spruce City Wildlife Federation, and all the important uh, kind of work they're doing. So so basically, my show is going to be uh, a counterpoint to yours, I guess, and that we're going to be talking out, going out to the community and and seeing what kind of cool stuff is going on. I've got a whole long list of of uh, topics and people to reach out to. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll have fun with this. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly excited. Uh, it's uh, James and I have, have been talking for quite a while now. Uh, I think we're both pretty keen to, uh, you know, improve things in the community and just, uh, you know, have com- get conversations started. So that I think this is really what, what this is about. It's about engaging with, um, you know, city council and and the mayor and just providing another opportunity for uh, council members to just engage and connect with the community. I know we heard a lot, um, you know, running into the election and over the past year about transparency and accountability, yet there's, you know, not a ton of opportunities to really just ask, you know, ask some tough questions and, and just kind of get to know uh, some of our city city councillors and mayors. So uh, with no further ado, uh, we also have two very distinguished guests uh, who happen to also be uh, two of council's newest um, members. So we have Councillor Ron Palello and Councillor Trudy Klassen. So thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Thank you for doing this. I think it's a great idea. I think anything that we can do to increase, uh, you know, engagement with the public, transparency, accountability, all of that, I think it's a wonderful thing. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. So it was a pretty big uh, meeting on Monday uh, with a pretty full agenda. I think it was uh, we had to ex- extend the, uh, the the time for the the council meeting. Mm-hmm. I think it was after well after ten o'clock. Yeah, I think we um, got out of there after ten thirty. I think. It yeah, was. yeah, bit 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 of a slow start, and then it seemed like it really rapidly uh, <laughs> flew through things towards the end. Uh, but I thought you know before we dive into a few of the items that were discussed at the meeting, uh, you know because you are uh, two of kind of the the newest uh, members of council. I thought it might be be interesting just to hear um, from you about what your first, you know, kind of year of council's been like. Um, is there anything that really stands out for you? And uh, is it what you thought it would be? Gosh. Well, Ron signaled that I could go first. Um, I have, it's been, so, okay, so the first question, has it been what you thought it would be? And I would say, yes, it has actually. Um, 
or maybe I've just been doing it so long now I'm just completely in, you know, in it and I've just forgotten what my life was like before. <laughs> I don't know, but, but, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I, um, I, I especially enjoy when we can, anytime that I see the little bit of movement towards improving things, uh, for our residents, that, that is always good. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's always frustrations and like realizing, oh my goodness, government moves at a pace that is slower, so much slower than the private sector. Uh, like, which is my experience. Um, but of course, I mean, it is government and so it's, it, it is different. And so that's, um, that's to be expected. Uh, yeah, but no, I've really enjoyed it and, um, I'm happy to be there and happy, you know, like feeling often not effective and needing to learn how to become more effective. But that's, I guess, part of the learning curve. And, uh, yeah, just, yeah. Wonderful. And then you can, Sir Paul. Um, yeah, pretty much what I expected. Um, I, I have to be honest with you, we've we've had some tough days over the past uh, year. Um, but uh, overall, um, I really enjoy the work. Um, I knew that um, going in as four years as a school trustee, so I had some context. Uh, I think probably the biggest surprise was, was me, for me, from my perspective, is I knew there was going to be more attention, more focus, as opposed to a school trustee. But I guess the level of engagement and interaction and attention uh, surprised me a bit. I'll have to be honest with you. Um, But uh, I welcome that. And uh, um, it's overall, um, you know, it it was, uh, I think, uh, a year that we tried to move forward. And I look forward to the next three years. Great. Thank you. So I, I guess, uh, uh, you know, that it, very positive, I think some really great uh, feedback there. I know I, I often think, you know, you, you hear about politicians that enter into government, you know, with uh, some, some big ideas and uh, some big ideals and then often, you know, uh, feel, feel frustrated. Um, and, you know, similar to what, uh, you know, Councillor Classen was saying that, you know, the speed in which sometimes things, you know, operate and, uh, and there is, you know, certainly a lot of uh, scrutiny. Uh, but, you know, Councillor Paul, I'm just wondering in terms of that, you said there was more engagement or more attention than what you thought. Uh, was it from, you know, the, the, the people that you, you expected? Did you find that from kind of all demographics or was it, you know, a particular, uh, do you, do you see that focus coming from particular groups or individuals? Uh, I don't think there's a specific group of individuals. I, I just, the amount I think was, and you know, the work that a school trustee does is very important and it's often overlooked, mm-hmm. uh, by everyday people in the media and, Everyone, quite frankly, you know, having that that experience. Um, in fact, uh, the budget of the school district is actually more than the city. It is, <laughs> and more influential, yeah. I would dare say. So, over time. I mean, that work is important, but like I say, um, it it just doesn't get enough attention that it it should, quite frankly. Right. Um, and I knew that, but I guess just the level, just now having the year of experience and context. Um, I think that's for me uh, probably the 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 biggest difference. But yeah, as particular, no, I, I don't think there's a specific individual or group um, or media organization right. that has uh, given more focus that that I've noticed. Okay. Well, I guess speaking of attention uh, and you know some me- media groups, this this morning one of the the items that was discussed at at last night or on Monday's council meeting was uh, 
a motion that was released from a closed council meeting uh, regarding gravel. So whether it was, you know, perhaps theft or it was moved, uh, there was a lot of discussion, some kind of heated debate. Um, but really, it was a, it was a, a motion that was, um, you know, released from a closed council meeting. And uh, this morning, I'm not sure if you had a chance to uh, read the editorial that came out by Neil Godboot, but he argues that this really isn't about gravel or about city resources as much as it is um, that the conversation should really be about the fact that this resolution was, you know, if if passed, if carried, uh, would actually result in police interference. And, you know, I'm just wondering what your, your thoughts are on that. Um, I can go first on that. Um, I mean, it was obviously not passed, right? Um, and I think that is really important to note. I think most councillors obviously felt that it wasn't appropriate to proceed in that manner, and that's a decision that we made. I think it's very important um, especially like in a democracy, that principle of the separation between the, the, the police and government is, that's an incredibly important distinction. And while yes, we, we, we hire, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, incredibly knowledgeable about all the details, but I mean, yes, we hire the RCMP, but it isn't our job to direct them. And, um, I think, that's an important it's it's that's very important i mean that's sort of the difference between a democracy and and a police state right so i think i mean i mean and that's maybe stretching it a bit far but i mean that's uh, ultimately like you always want to safeguard it because these you want you want to be sure to stay very firmly on the side where you're not not directing Right. So I, I know some of, um, you know, what I, we heard on at the council meeting was that this was not directing. It was simply uh, questions that were being asked. Uh, and it was about, you know, financial prudence. And, you know, I, I wonder what your thoughts are, uh, Councillor Palolo. You know, when you, we look at the, at the resolution, uh, you know, and, and it was it was amended and then both did. Um, they, they were not par- uh, carried. However, there did seem to be some direction rather than, you know, questioning. Uh, so I wonder what your thoughts are on that. And is that a is that I guess two, the, the question is kind of twofold is one, um, you know, was that was there some direction there? And the second one would be, is it is it appropriate, you know, given the, you know, the what we're looking at gravel um you know being perhaps relocated you know is this in your opinion the best um use of of city resources taxpayers dollars essentially to get to the bottom of this well my opinions are on record um i voted against the two motions um both times um i read neil's editorial and um i i think and I respect his opinion, um, but I think I have a different opinion. Um, uh, and I think it was articulated or tried to be artic- articulated by the two councillors that uh, I think were most vocal during that debate on Monday night, that um, it wasn't a direction. They wanted more information. And I think that's where the frustration was, because we got a very brief summary of the investigation and there was a couple counselors that said, well, no, we want more. And um, they wanted to have that interaction with um, the superintendent or police to try to get more information. And actually, during the debate on Monday night, there was a little more information that did come out that I wasn't aware of, and perhaps Councillor Klassen wasn't aware of, uh, which I'm not sure why it didn't come out during the closed, but came out in the public, which is even better. Um, 
so I don't think there was ever the intent. I mean, I can't speak for Councillor Sampson and, and Councillor Ramsey, but I don't think the intention was that they wanted to direct the police. I think they were really struggling with the information that was provided and wanted more information. I think that was the direction and uh, the focus of the discussion on, on Monday night. Okay. Um, now, with that being said, um, I didn't think it was worth um, um, bringing in the superintendent in a closed meeting to ask him because I didn't think we're going to get any more information, quite frankly. So I really thought it was closed and over with and done with and dealt with. Um, so that's why, you know, I voted against it um, those two times. I, I really thought it would be a waste of everyone's time, quite frankly. Right. Well, I guess that's where I was going to kind of go from that, uh, from there as well, is that, you know, a lot of what happens in closed meetings, uh, I mean, the public isn't, isn't aware of. Uh, a lot of these discussions, you know, I'm assuming, you know, a lawyer often is involved. Yes. Uh, you know, when you want to clarify, you know, how the city can move forward, which, uh, you know, there's expenses involved in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what came to mind when I was listening to that is, you know, are, are these same opportunities afforded to businesses in the downtown or to private citizens when they're experiencing, uh, you know, potential theft or they want to have more information? Uh, and, you know, is it, you know, is that is that appropriate that council is, you know, kind of extending, you know, perhaps, you know, could be seen as influence um, and taking time, uh, you know, resources um, that could perhaps be used in, in other ways? I, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Um, I I think, I think it's fair enough. I think every individual, every business, every organization has a right to ask questions. And if um, there's a downtown business um, that has been severely impacted to what's happening, absolutely, they have the right to question and uh, ask for answers from the RCMP. And um, now whether they get a satisfactory response or what they want to hear is probably another issue, but um, I don't see us doing what anyone else has the right to do. I think we had the right to ask that. Um, I just felt that we weren't going to get any more information. And it was not a, like I say, a, a good use of everyone's time. So that's that's my opinion on that matter. Okay. Anything to add, uh, Councillor Clausen? I think uh, Councillor Palillo makes, makes a good, like a really good case there for like, you know, the usefulness of, of the time, um, because we did spend a fair amount of time on it. And I think in the end, I think it's all worked out that we decided, okay, no, this is not worth our time or our money or taxpayer money to pursue. And, um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's very reasonable what, uh, Councillor Pillow was saying. Okay. And, and I wonder, so when this was introduced, uh, Councillor Skaken did, uh, you know, mention that this is only one of many things, um, or issues that are discussed in closed council meetings that, in his opinion, should not be discussed in closed council meetings and that, uh, you know, that the, the public really should, uh, I'm assuming, um, know about this. Uh, he seemed quite passionate uh, when he was uh, detailing uh, the, the, the state of the closed council meetings. And I know generally closed council meetings are only, I mean, should only be reserved for, you know, a few circumstances. Uh, it's, you know, spelled in the Local Government Act as to when that, uh, you know, should occur. And uh, I wonder, you know, we've had a count close council meeting, I think, almost every 
uh, open council meeting that we've um, that we've had. And I wonder what your thoughts are about closed council meetings. Do you feel that we should uh, some of these issues should be uh, out in the public? Do you feel like it constricts the, your ability to to talk to some of these issues? I can, go ahead, yeah, Councillor. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, my feeling. Like, I know that we are restricted with what we can discuss in public, and so I, I would agree that with, with Councillor Skaken that we should have less, and I, and I would like to see that. Um, I like, and, and because I'm still learning, it's like, okay, I think we need to actually begin to look at ways that we can reduce the amount of time, um, that we, because what happens often is when you, when you have a discussion behind closed, closed doors about things that need to be behind closed doors, it can often expand into a longer discussion. And so then you end up spending more time and, and on issue, on an issue where uh, that has aspects that can be discussed in public. Um, so that is probably something that we all could get better at identifying and saying, wait a minute, no, this should be in open. So that's something I think that all of us need to probably learn to get a little bit better at. Uh, it's pretty clear what, what's discussed. And I don't think, um, that we abuse that privilege. I, I think we follow, they've, we follow the, the law, quite frankly. Um, you know, I mean, when you're talking about people, when you're talking about land, when you're talking about legal issues, uh, for a variety of reasons, all those are enclosed and there's good reasons for them to be enclosed. Now, if there's ever, uh, an issue that a counselor feels that wants to come out of closed, we can have that discussion and bring it out of closed. Like Councillor Sampson or uh, Skaken did with this one. Like, like, like what happened with the gravel matter. And uh, we got opinion that, that that didn't necessarily have to be closed. So we brought that out and, and we had the discussion on Monday night. So um, it is a um, there's a lot of moving pieces. It's a large organization. Um, there's lots going on. And um, uh, yeah, I don't if there's if there is an uh, I guess an intention from that question that, that, uh, we're having more, uh, we're having closed meetings for the sake of closed meetings. That, that's not, I mean, we're using them, I think, appropriately. Great. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to take a break here and I, uh, appreciate uh, all the answers. Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word, featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcasting the world. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Truly an uplifting program that will have you returning each week. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Sunday mornings at 6.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. The Prince George Aquatic Center offers advanced aquatic and leadership training for swimmers interested in becoming an instructor or certified professional lifeguard or upgrading their certification. For the full list of programs as well as the schedule, click on the AQ Leadership Programs link on the program registration page through the Aquatics link under Parks and Recreation at PrinceGeorge.ca. Advanced Aquatic Leadership Programs at the Prince George Aquatic Center from the City of Prince George. The Prince George RCMP responded to the report of a violent assault shortly after 4.30 a.m. on Monday, December 18th. The incident happened at a unit on the 2100 block of Norwood Street. If you recall any suspicious activity in the area prior to the December 18th assault, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 
561-3300. Information on this or any other criminal offense can be reported anonymously to Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. Wind for the northwest at 20K, a high of minus 18, a wind chill to minus 32 with a risk of frostbite. Tonight, partly cloudy. Wind for the north at 20, gusting to 40, a low of minus 31, a wind chill to minus 44 with frostbite in minutes. On Thursday, mainly sunny, gusting north winds continuing, a high of minus 28, a wind chill to minus 47 with frostbite in minutes. Hi there, and you're back with Local Matters, your host, Nicole Fraser, and we've got Councillor Klassen, Councillor Palello, and James Steidel joining us today. Uh, so we've just been discussing some of the uh, items that were on the agenda on Monday, January 8th. Uh, we were just, just, you know, going over the closed council meetings, some of the, the, the big gravel issue that seems to be a hot topic in uh, Prince George. And uh, I think perhaps we'll just move on. There was there was a number of different items on the agenda uh, on on Monday night, and uh, you know, one of the the things that came up was the uh, official community plan. Uh, so there was a presenter that went over the uh, you know community engagement and consultation that's occurred. So phase one and phase two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know what an OCP is yes. uh, or an official <laughs> community plan, it is a a, a bylaw. That's a statement of um, objectives and policies that guide decisions on land use planning and. and management within the city of Prince George. So it's meant to be, you know, a a kind of a large overarching kind of guiding document that doesn't prescribe, uh, you know, exactly what needs to um, occur within, you know, the the city, but really gives some some general guidance. So it's, it's really important. And so the the presenter on um, on on the eighth went over, you know, I think the the consultation. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I believe it it began in in September. Yes, I think so. All right. Yeah, we kicked it off in the fall. Yeah. Okay, kick off in uh, in September, uh, phase one and two, and some of what uh, you know I got was that it. it the level of engagement that perhaps was expected uh, did not uh, was just wasn't there. Um, I believe it was kind of ten percent of the population that they wanted to um, in- engage with, and um, there was uh, you know some concerns I know from um, Councillor Ramsey that some of the organizations, uh, particularly in the arts and uh, community, uh, she didn't feel that there was that that feedback. There was it seemed like a lot from Ginter's Green. Uh, yet the you know some concern that uh, some some groups or some demographics. So I know the se- seniors. Uh, it looks like there wasn't a lot of engagement, and I wonder what your thoughts are on you know the 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 official community plan. Uh, how were you involved in this process? Do you feel that you had an opportunity to uh, discuss you know who you wanted to, to you know be consulted? Um, uh, it's really not about us at this point. We want to hear from you. Um, that's what we want to hear from. I mean, we, we, our opinions and our thoughts come later in the process, but, um, just to kind of respond, yeah, they were hoping, um, 10% and I think they reached about six, six and a half percent. So, um, the engagement is, is, yeah, uh, probably not exactly where we want it to be, but it's only on, phase two here and there are some opportunities actually in fact this weekend um at the uh, prince george cougars game on the weekend um they'll be there in uh, on the foyer so if anyone wants to 
voice their opinions, and I strongly urge them to do that. And if they're going to the Cougars game on Saturday night, to uh, find find us there and voice your opinion. And there will be many other engagement opportunities here in the next uh, couple months to come. So um, in regards to um, the comments about um, not hearing from certain groups, yeah, ideally we'd love to hear from everyone, but we know that's probably not going to be a likely reality. But um, I know, from especially in particular the arts groups, they were invited. I think there was like 130 letters that went out to individuals and organizations. Uh, so we can encourage them to partic- participate and take part, but really the onus is on them to actually follow through and, and engage. We can invite the engagement, but if they don't engage... Um, you know, we can ask and try again, and we will be. Um, yeah, I'd like to see the engagement um, um, more involved, absolutely. And I think with what's going to happen here in the next uh, two or three months, I think you'll see that engagement uh, increase. Um, and, um, yeah, I encourage people. There's, I know, also going to be some engagement opportunities uh, in person later this month as well, too. So all the details are on uh, our website or follow our social media. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that's absolutely correct. And I think, um, well, some of the comments that I heard, because I, I, I went to um, to the open house, I went to all the budget meetings, and, and the OCP people were there as well. Some of the comments that I heard from from people who attended was they said that I came, but my neighbors, a few of them, didn't bother because it looked too too much like something that they had done the last time the OCP had been done. And so they didn't they didn't find that the engagement style was worthwhile. So that's an issue and I'm not quite sure how to address that because um, people felt that okay, we're starting off with a blank map of Prince George and instead of so that so I see a few issues there that that me we as council maybe will need to address and go okay was this very helpful and I think it reflects back on Councillor Ramsey's uh, uh, questions about the demographics of who who is participating in the in the uh, in the in the sessions and because that does matter um, and and you have to find ways to to engage with people and I and I think like that was the comment that I heard is a lot of people felt that the that the manner of the engagement wasn't quite as effective as it could have been and as attractive as it could have been for engagement so that's something maybe that we'll need to look at at some point yeah cuz i know the feedback was given and and i know um the people we have hired to, to carry out the engagement were listening and took that feedback. And in particular, uh, you had mentioned the seniors, and that is correct. We'd love to hear from more seniors. And I think one of the strategies moving forward, too, is to actually meet them where they are. So actually have an engagement session mm-hmm. at a senior center, uh-huh. like we did when we went through the uh, the budget process. Yeah. We, we, we had a uh, probably, it was probably our, our most well-attended uh, engagement session, and it was at the Hart Senior Center. Yes. So, it was yeah so i think um that they heard that and i think those are some of the tweaks that we'll be doing here in the next couple of months to hopefully improve that engagement and i know as well too there um some of the numbers from the south of the city uh, in terms of people engaging from the south part of the city weren't as high as they should be so i think there's um some strategies to hopefully 
uh, improve engagement that way and probably in a similar fashion by actually maybe having an engagement session there and have it really focused to that area. Yeah, and I and I just before I know you need to go to a break, but I want to give a shout out to Ginter's Green people. You managed to get like tons of engagement happening and that's an example of a small group of people deciding hey we want to make yep. sure that we're a big part of this and you were and you had an outsized impact and so the challenge to other groups and organizations is hey come on this is your thing let you know yeah. let's get everybody together Be like them definitely make your voices heard. <laughs> yeah and i think so we have to go to a break but that's certainly i think where we'd like to pick back up is is having james uh discuss some of his involvement with the OCP consultation. Uh, I know he was a big part of Ginter's Green and perhaps you have some suggestions for, for listeners or some, you know, you can tell us what your experience was of that, of that process. Explore coping strategies for managing emotions and overcoming challenges, as well as ways to find meaning in daily life, Tuesday, January 30th at the Prince George Resource Center. Coping with Change, Grief, and Loss is a two-hour seminar for dementia caregivers. Registration and full details are available by calling the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Coping with Change, Grief, and Loss, Tuesday, January 30th from 1.30 to 3.30 at the Prince George Resource Center, 1811 Victoria Street. The College of New Caledonia has ongoing professional development courses for you to improve your workflow, learn new skills, or refresh existing ones. Many of their winter options are available online, including medical terminology, the Instructional Skills Workshop, and Interpersonal Communication and Conflict Resolution. Or check out Community Ambassadors in Tourism and Hospitality. Your learning adventure awaits at CNC. Scheduling and full details are available through the Continuing Education Department at the College of New Caledonia. Volunteer drivers are needed for the Prince George Council of Seniors Meals on Wheels program. Meals are delivered Monday through Thursday between 10.45 and noon. If you have a vehicle and you're interested in giving back to your community, you can help this important program once a week or more. For more information or to volunteer, contact Wendy by calling the Council of Seniors office at 250-564-5888 or by emailing hnc at pgcos.ca. And we're back with Local Matters. So we were just discussing uh, prior to the break the OCP consult, so the official community plan consultation process, um, some of the areas of perhaps improvement, some of the the big success um, stories. And we were going to ask you, James. Um, James is part of Ginter's Green, and I know they were uh, very well represented throughout the entire uh, official community plan kind of process, that engagement. I know there was some, I think, some concerns uh, in the in the official community plan that kind of prompted uh, the the attention of, of Ginter's Green, uh, I think some potential future roads. Uh, and from there, it seemed like Ginter's Green really just kind of launched uh, itself and, and now is really engaged in a number of um, activities uh, throughout throughout the city. So do you want to just uh, kind of, I know, I know just speaking as a, as a member, but uh you know, tell the listeners what it was like, you know, in, in terms of the OCP uh, consultation process and your interactions with, with council. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Nicole. So I just want to, like, move back a little bit, take a step back, and, and just mention that the existing OCP is actually a pretty good document. You know, I've, I've read through there. It has a lot of really nice aspirational uh, things in there. I know that we spent a lot of time working on that OCP the last time around, which was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it was 2011, 2013, somewhere. 11, I think. Yeah, 11, 12, yeah. yeah. Uh, somewhere in that, that time frame. So, you know, what what happened with Ginter's Green was, uh, to, to 
try to remember what happened there, but about, <laughs> you know, two years ago, a big piece of property went for sale. That's kind of what got us started right below UNBC there, right above Ginter's Green. And we're like, geez, you know, dang it, this whole hillside could get developed potentially. Um, and one of the keys to that development is basically a publicly financed road up that slope, which is called the um, the Massey Extension. So they wanted, it's, it's on the OCP, the 30-year road plan, that we're going to build this road up the uh, escarpment there and connect up with the university drive up at the top of the hill. And if that were to happen, I mean, I think it could open a real geo geological uh, can of worms as far as uh, unstable slopes. It could increase a lot of development on that hill, which would also add to a lot of unstable, uh, lack of stability, and you'd lose a really cool uh, park, Ginter's Green. So that's kind of what got Ginter's Green fired up, and so we did a presentation to City Council prior to the election. Uh, neither uh, councillors, uh, Plilo or Class, were on council at that point, but we made our case that hey, let's take these roads off the plan, and, and we were told, well, you gotta you gotta put that through the official community plan process. We can't just um, change the official community plan for this. And of course, we kind of we were a little bit upset about that because the OCP, another criticism of the OCP process is the OCP gets changed quite often. Um, you know, and our, you know, the cynical view is it gets changed often for development. But if you want to do conservation type stuff, uh, it doesn't get changed. <laughs> so I, I don't know if the, I don't know if you guys want to respond to that, but I guess that would be my, that's crit- a really, that that's would a be really my good critique point. of yeah. the process. And anyway, we got, we got really involved and we, we, the 3000, we got a big, a lot of, um, you know, huge, uh, uh, groundswell support from the community. Uh, Joanne was out there getting signatures from people. I think we've got 3000 handwritten signatures, uh, that I don't know if we submitted that or yet or not. Uh, but we've, yeah. and we have people get involved in the process and we, you know, we came out in force to that uh, open house there, which may have been a critique of, you know, that we're kind of monopolizing the process, but hey, we really care about Ginter's Green. We want to see that place uh, preserved as as one of the top top parks in Prince George. Yeah, you bet. And, and what did you find in terms of just your experience of the, the, the that engagement? I, did you feel that it was oh, helpful it was... In, in kind of visioning what, the, you know, the Prince George might look like? Uh, was there some some guidance, I guess, in terms of you know what what that the OCP can um, provide in terms of you know vision or how it can be a, a guide to to council? Anytime you get something where the community comes out to to get together and talk about how they want to envision the city, I think that's always a good thing. It did feel like it was pretty general, you know, it was like putting a lot of stickers on on mm-hmm. maps and but also accosting people who came to the park, and I and I mean that in a friendly way, because that is how I learned about you guys was I came to the park and in my face was stuck this petition. Oh, And so I thought that was incredibly effective because you were meeting people who would care exactly where they would be. Sorry. Yeah. No. Back to you. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was, I was talking about the open house thing there in in September when we had all the, all the people uh, come out there and the, the, the company that put that on, I think, I guess the other thing that would be nice to see is like, how come we can't do that locally? Why can't we do that in house? I believe the company was, I forget the name of that consulting company, but they, Urban Systems, Urban Systems, Vancouver company, I believe, you know, they do a lot of work uh, throughout the province. I think, um, you know, so they've got expertise and, and, you know, experience with this kind of thing, which is the good thing. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, maybe that's something we could do in-house and, and keep some of that money in town here and support some of our, I mean, we've got a planning school up at UNBC. We've got a lot of skill here in town. You know, personally, I'd like to leverage that 
those kind of skills we have here locally and develop that and, and create like a homegrown sort of community vision. But yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that answered your question, Nicole, or, yeah. or how no. we can segue into. Yeah, definitely. I think it does, James. I think you know it's it's an interesting uh, suggestion because I know one of the when we were talking about the the you know perhaps lower than optimal um, engagement, uh, one of the comments Councillor Sampson uh, made was that you know perhaps there needed to be more money in advertising and marketing. Uh, so not necessarily that we needed to kind of rethink that process or maybe engage with local groups. But that, you know, this was was maybe that we just hadn't put enough in, in the budget for that. Um, and I believe, you know, he said that that's even council contingency fund is, uh, you know, what what it's there for. Uh, and and I, I, I wonder what, you know, everyone's thoughts are on that. Do you feel that yeah. that it's just a matter of perhaps, you know, putting a bit more in the budget in terms of marketing and advertisement? I know, um, you know, one of the things that, that stood out was it, I think there was only one print ad, uh, but there, you know, was a lot of use of social media, digital newspapers, um, the project webpage, uh, and then the, the city of Prince George webpage. There were radio ads as well, too. It was, it was quite a comprehensive package, but, um, I, I, I would agree. I mean, um, in my former professional life, uh, being in marketing and running radio stations, I can definitely see where we probably should spend a little more money um, to communicate and to get that engagement. And uh, I, I would agree with the comments that uh, Councillor Sampson made on uh, Monday night. Um, and, and regarding urban systems, they, the OCP and the process, it's a monster. <laughs> like, it really is a monstrous project. Um, they do have a local office here, by the way. They have a couple of local employees. So, um, they have offices all across, um, British Columbia, as, as James mentioned. Um, but at a project that size, um, uh, really to have expertise that can really do it effectively, uh, would only, there's only, I, in my opinion, only a few companies that could actually take on a challenge like that and do it well. Right. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, th- I think we, it looks like we've got to go to uh, a break, but uh, I'd like to just hear what your response uh, is to that, James, after when we come back. Explore various changes in behaviors caused by dementia and learn practical strategies for responding in positive ways Tuesday, January 23rd at the Prince George Resource Centre. Understanding Behavior Changes is a two-hour seminar for caregivers. Registration and full details are available by calling the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Understanding Behavior Changes, Tuesday, January 23rd from 1.30 to 3.30 at the Prince George Resource Centre 1811 Victoria Street. He could be 30. He could be 50. Life has aged him beyond his years. A shopping cart carries everything he owns. Here he comes toward you. What you think you know about how he got here is probably wrong. Don't let homelessness assumptions get in the way of homelessness solutions. Go to canadacandoit.ca Help the Canadian Alliance to end homelessness. 
Registration is now open for the BC Indigenous Athletics Development Camp. The two-day camp is being held February 3rd and 4th at the Tournament Capital Centre in Kamloops. Indigenous youth ages 10 through 18 from all levels of the sport are invited to participate. Registration and full details are available through the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council's website at ispark.ca. The registration deadline for the BC Indigenous Athletics Development Camp is January 30th. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy. Wind for the northwest at 20K, a high of minus 18, a wind chill to minus 32 with a risk of frostbite. Tonight, partly cloudy. Wind for the north at 20, gusting to 40, a low of minus 31, a wind chill to minus 44 with frostbite in minutes. On Thursday, mainly sunny, gusting north winds continuing, a high of minus 28, a wind chill to minus 47 with frostbite in minutes. Hi there, we're back from the break uh, with Local Matters, your host Nicole Fraser. So we were just discussing a little bit more about the OCP consultation process and, you know, some of the, the, the big wins, uh, you know, who is involved and, you know, perhaps some of the opportunities uh, as we move forward. Uh, and Councillor Clausen, I'd just like to, you know... Uh, ask you what you know what what are your thoughts you know we've we've been talking about it a little bit here and do you feel that um you know it's been a a meaningful process what have you heard from from the public um yeah i mean like i said earlier part of the frustration from that i heard from a few members and and you know normally people will you'll hear from the people who have like a concern right and and so i know one of the concerns is that okay we've come before we came the last time like i said earlier and nothing changed and i think it would be nice to see um like i would have liked to see a giant map of the existing ocp and so that you could have something to refer to and, and, and an explanation of what it all means, like all the different zoning. I would have loved to see all of that there in the land use planning that's there and who owns the land, where does the provincial, like, but a massive uh, map that people could actually, like, I mean, that's just an idea that I have of ways to encourage engagement because I'm very visual and I think a lot of people are visual. Um, but that would, I mean, that would probably cost a little bit more. But maybe it's worthwhile um, because if the public isn't engaged, that costs us more money in the longer term than it would cost us in the short term to to ha- have a um, maybe a more engaging uh, process of consultation. And, and what are your thoughts in terms of? I know James suggested earlier that you know we've got a planning school here up at UNBC. We have you know engaged students uh, in in the community, uh, and then we've heard you know perhaps it's just a matter of you know more advertising or marketing. And and what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, in terms of uh, how do we move move forward and, and engage people? Oh. And well, I am I really appreciate that comment, and I've just started reading a book called Investing in Place, written by several UNBC professors, uh, one of them being Greg uh, Halseth. And it's talking about locally made solutions, design solutions for us. And so in my dream world, in my utopia, we would have an excellent relationship between like, uh, not an, I shouldn't say excellent, that's wrong. It's not a descriptive word, a working relationship that utilizes the, the strengths and the benefits and the skills that we have at CNC and at UNBC and find a way to incorporate them and to maybe work as more collaboratively and in a, in a partnership on a lot of these kinds of projects because the North is different than the South and we have different uh, problems that need to be solved in a unique way that reflects our realities here. So I would be very much in favor of trying to seek more collaborate 
projects and particip- uh, participation together with UNBC and CNC. And how do you see uh, council um, making that happen? I know that's something that, you know, I, I discuss often in terms of, and we were just talking about that just before the break, the importance of local government and, you know, the community being engaged, uh, you know, at local government, the decisions made uh, cumulatively are more important than essentially every other level of government. Yet, uh, you know, Council Palello was saying, you know, we, we have a very, very low voter turnout. And, you know, why is that? And how can we, you know, ensure that the community knows that when they when they speak up and when they engage, that council will be taking, you know, what they say and really implementing that. But, of course, we, we go and we, we watch council meetings or, you know, maybe I do along with I'm not sure how many other people. Uh, and, Three or four. <laughs> and I, I get you to, and James and I, a couple yeah, other people. I, I, my family gives me a hard time uh, every single time that I watch it. And they're like, well, you know what? It's a pretty boring mom, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this, you know, the idea that it, what happens locally is the most important. I mean, I think it starts in our home, it starts in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. in our community, and we have to start, you know, talking about these issues and, and not being afraid to, you know, perhaps offense, offend someone or have a different of, difference well, of opinion. I'm, I'm good at that. <laughs> James is really good at that. Uh, but I think it's that debate that really matters. It's about publicly coming out and, and really, you know, letting the community where you know where you stand on issues. But even, even further to that, I think, it, you know, the, the public needs to under, understand, you know, how can council make a, a difference? And, and do you find that you, you, you can make that difference? Uh, you know, or is it, is, is it sometimes really challenging given the formality of, you know, resolutions coming forward or, or motions coming forward and that, you know, are you part of, are you really part of the creation of the council agenda? Uh, you know, you often read that, you know, politicians are policy makers, but there's an argument that they're actually policy takers. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot there to unpack, but I just, you know, your, your initial thoughts would be, would be appreciated. Well, I think absolutely that is our role. We are supposed to be writing policy and making policy. Um, and that's something that I feel I'm just beginning to sort of understand how, how to begin to do that. Uh, so I, I mean, uh, Councillor Palillo probably has more experience doing that kind of thing. And I think, and just back to the idea of consultation and, and like not everything, just because somebody writes in doesn't mean that we automatically say, oh, this is an incredibly serious, we have to deal with this. Because we all have brains and each councillor, you know, we come in, we have ideas that we present during our campaign. And what I see the role of the politician is to to engage with the public, but then you actually make a decision at council based on your own, um, I mean, our own biases, for example, but also our own knowledge about things, our own opinions, and the collective group, what they think, and what you sort of know, what the public, and each of us, to the best of our ability, votes according to what we think we should be doing. Yeah, but I think as well, I think it's incumbent on us to get really good information. Yes. I mean, the basis of any really good decision is based on getting really good information. So that's the way I approach it. I try to do my homework um, and assemble the best information that I can get and then make a decision from there. And, and, um, um, and many, many times um, I, 
I have not made my decision, decision until at the council table. And in fact, there's been a couple times where my colleagues have convinced me to vote in a different fashion than I thought I would. And I think that's all part of our system and that's part of good governance and good government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and I mean, there's a lot of questions you asked there. Um, but uh, whether we can make a difference, absolutely, I think we can make a difference. I think that's why we all ran. Yeah. Um, and I can give you two examples from Monday's meeting. Uh, well, maybe one from Monday's meeting and one uh, that, um, you know, a notice of motion that Councillor Klassen put forward for the uh, Arts Hall of Fame. You know, there's something that that she believed passionate in and brought it to council, and council agreed. And now there's work with the arts community, in particular the uh, Prince George uh, Studio 2080 arts community, to to develop something. Um, And then um, there was a motion that myself and Councillor Sampson put forward uh, regarding um, uh, cannabis license fees as opposed uh, to to retail liquor and treating those as exactly the same because there was a perception that it was going to have more of a social uh, impact and more policing impact. And and what we've learned is that uh, actually it's it's really hasn't had that impact that we thought and should be treated on the same level playing field. And uh, we presented that motion, and and I know Councillor Class and voted against it. I voted against, against it because I didn't think that we was had part the, of the data. Process. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I respectfully dig, uh, disagree. I think yes. we, we, we've had the data locally. Uh, we've seen it, and we, that was passed. And that that's a real difference to those 15 businesses that actually sell cannabis. Yeah. Well, well, on that very positive note, we're just going to go to a break and then we'll be, yeah. be back. All right. <laughs> the Nature Trust of BC is raising funds to protect 129 hectares of ecologically valuable wetlands and mature and riparian forest here in Prince George. The Ferguson Lake wetlands is adjacent to the Ferguson Lake Conservation Area. The purchase will increase this ecologically valuable conservation complex to 160 hectares. Full details on supporting this Nature Trust of BC purchase are available through their projects page at naturetrust.bc.ca. The fundraising deadline for this project is March 31st. With so many forms of social media available these days, finding accurate news sources and information can be daunting and difficult. Your Prince George Public Library wants to help by offering Media Literacy 101 on Thursday at the downtown branch. Join Luke as he shares his journey of becoming a more media literate citizen, as well as some of the tips and strategies he learned along the way. Media Literacy 101, a free drop-in event on Thursday from 6.30 to 7.30 at the downtown public library. The Seniors Activity Centre on Brunswick Street is now serving breakfast Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 11. Choose from their menu of eggs, bacon, sausage, pancakes, French toast and more. Reasonably priced and fresh off the griddle, it's a nutritious way to start your day. That's breakfast at the Seniors Activity Centre at 4th and Brunswick, 8.30 to 11, Monday through Friday. Note that the Prince George Seniors Centre on Brunswick is closed on statutory holidays. 
afternoon, you're back with Local Matters. So your host, Nicole Fraser. So we've, uh, this, this afternoon, I've gone over, I think, a few topics uh, on, that were on the agenda uh, on, on January 8th. And, and then just some more kind of general, you know, comments about what it's like to be on, on council. You know, can uh, council make a difference? And uh, I think we heard just before the break that, uh, you know, both Councillor Klassen and Councillor Polo do think that, uh, you know, council can, can make a difference. You know, I... I I, I wonder. So there's a there's a difference between you know making a difference and you know some some responsibility in terms of you know the decisions that are make made by local government. And I think this is often something that the public uh, is confused about. So when when decisions are made, who's making those decisions, and um, what's the difference between you know what was council's role versus administration's role, and you know how it seems like often that's a that's a very delicate you know, line that we have to walk and, and it's, it's sometimes hard to balance. And I wonder, you know, if you wouldn't mind just, uh, you know, letting our listeners know what your thoughts are on that. Do, do we do a pretty good job of that, you know, in, in your, in your opinion in Prince George? Do we, um, do you feel that council, you know, has, a, you know, good, enough power, enough control over the decisions being made. Uh, because, uh, you know, in, in local government, ideally, council, uh, they, they draft policies and those council policies, uh, you know, based on that, that collaborative decision making and strategic planning, uh, guide the administrative procedures and the operation of the city of Prince George. And if there is misalignment, then generally, you know, something is, is occurring there. And, uh, so I wonder, you know, you're, again, you're, you're new to this, this council. It's been a year. Um, but, you know, we've seen in the past in, uh, you know, other, other councils have really struggled, it seems like, with this. So I just wonder what your thoughts are about that, you know, administrative political, um, kind of divide. And, you know, what, what kind of a job do we do of that in, in Prince George? And could there be improvement or, or what, what are your thoughts? Do you want to go first, Ron? Um, Councillor Palillo? I, uh, <laughs> it's a tricky one. Um, well, I guess to answer your question regarding, um, I guess the the role of of council. I mean, ours is a governance role, um, and you're right. We do um, we we do come up with our strategic priorities and um, the map forward, um, and um, we we do our best to direct it through staff and. Um, but then when you get into certain issues that um, not, not necessarily we have jurisdiction over, and housing is one of them, and I know that's been a very controversial one, this is where, this is where you know, the difficulty comes. Um, and, um, you know, you could have the, the best intentions and the best laid plans, but if, you, if you're not getting that... Um, um, you know what you need in terms of resources and help from from certain organizations and from government and people that are actually res- responsible for that portfolio is really tough to affect change and that's where I think a lot of the confusion comes in um, that people don't understand that you know they um, you know in particular to our unhoused population um, you know you know why you know that has been such a challenging challenging, a file is that because um, it's much bigger than us Definitely. and it's so comprehensive 
um, in terms of partnerships. You know, we we need the provincial government. We need BC Housing. We need the nonprofits. We need Northern Health. We we need the mental health supports. We need the addiction supports. That's an incredible, um, a complex situation, and um, uh, you know that's where the confusion is: is well, why you're not doing anything about it. Well, what are you What have you been doing? And you know, I can tell you that, um, uh, from my perspective on council the last year, that has been our number one priority. Um, and we've worked very hard to build those partnerships and try to move forward. And um, a lot of that work is not being seen, and people are not seeing the results. But it takes time, and it, it takes time to build those partnerships and, and to get things and to move forward. And then sometimes you'll take a step forward, and unfortunately you'll take one or two steps back. Um, and that's the reality of life and a lot of things as well, too. So I think that's where that confusion and that maybe perhaps your question is coming from. But, I mean, it's quite clear our role and it's quite clear what our what our um, um, our administrative role and our employees' role are. Right. It's all quite clear in my mind. So a lot of the you, the overlapping jurisdiction you think is causing some of these these challenges. So what are the responsibilities of the province? What are the responsibilities exactly. of the of the community and and then, and then really the private sector? And then how do you kind of you know bring all those together? And, and you yeah. see that as being kind of one of the the key challenges. Yeah. Well, and and the. Um, the uh, constituents um, understanding that and understanding who's responsible for what. Uh, I think that's where a lot of the confusion uh, comes, in my opinion. Yeah. Councillor Clausen, what are your thoughts on that? Like on the issue of uh, of the unhoused and precariously housed and the homeless, um, Councillor Plillo is absolutely right. There's a there's so many so many levels of there's agencies and nonprofits and provincial and federal government. And I, and one thing, I mean, it's provides no comfort for anybody here in Prince George, but this problem is not unique to our city. And I often think back to the nineties when we were busy as a country deciding that it was, uh, we should centralize services. So, and, and because I do want to speak to this because this is the single biggest issue that we have in town and, and it's, we, we have, um every uh it, it's such a difficult thing and what we did in the 90s is we centra- we centralized all the services into Prince George that is why everybody's coming here that is why the problem is bigger here in Prince George than it is in the outlying areas but the outlying areas like they don't have the services they there's no way as the, the problem is so complex and I am really in favor of finding a made in Prince George solution. Um, but I mean, that will take a lot of will of counsel and, and everything to, if we can, that's something I would like to explore in the future. That's great. So, I mean, a lot of complexity here, but I think that what I'm hearing is some, some optimism, you know, that really if, if council uses the, this opportunity to, you know, come together, um, and to cooperate with a number of, you know, agencies, provincial government and kind of yeah. really utilize that role that there, there's, you know, some, looks like some, some real possibilities for, for Prince George here. Um, well, on that very, uh, I think, Great note. Uh, I'm going to uh, leave it to James to kind of carry us out to the the hour, uh, letting uh, the listeners know a little bit about what they're expecting uh, next week on James' show. Actually, your show, Nicole. Oh, <laughs> you're on next week, and then well, and then in two weeks, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my first show with Dustin Snyder, 
And uh, hopefully we'll have a little, what do you call that, a bumper? Radio bumpers, yeah, We're going to get some bumper, right. uh, radio bumpers. I can voice them if you want. Oh, <laughs> I have a little you bit of experience. <laughs> Reg is saying no. Well, it looks like, like it or not, you'll be back again with me next week, uh, talking more about local matters and most likely, if it's with me, uh, local government. Uh, thanks so much to, to all the all the listeners. Uh, it was my first show. Uh, I had some really great guests, which uh, made it uh, you know a lot. Uh, a lot easier. So, so thanks again. Excellent job. Owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society, you're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 FM.